0: You don't know flag. do Welcome to You Don't Know Flag, the podcast full of stories about retro gaming, retro computing, video games, arcade games, and technology from a guy who was there and still is. My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flack. Episode 144 Halloween. Hello, and welcome to episode 144 of You Don't Know Flack. I am your always jovial host, Rob Flack O'Hara, and on today's show, we are going to be trading Halloween stories. Well, we won't really be trading them because I won't be listening to your stories, you will be listening to my stories. Uh, you may have noticed if you check your calendar or, um, maybe on your computer or on your wall, you may notice that it is November and we are past Halloween, but, uh, I had some Halloween stories jotted down and I wanted to go ahead and get them out. I know I'm a few days behind on Halloween and by the time I edit this and post it, I'll probably be a few more days behind Halloween. But uh, that's what we're going to talk about on this episode. We're going to get the Halloween stuff out of the way and then move on to the next episode. The next episode is going to be very exciting. We'll talk about that just a minute. Uh, I've put all my Halloween stories here on floppy disks on my Commodore 64. Now, as you know, floppy disks on a Commodore 64 don't hold very much data. So each story is on a single disk. So I'm going to have to load all these disks back out so we can play the podcast. But while I'm swapping disks and doing that, we have a little bit of time to catch up on things during loading time. Loading time. Loading time. Loading time. Loading time. So first of all, I hope everybody had a very safe and fun and enjoyable Halloween. Uh Halloween is always um you know it's it's in a way it's kind of a, associated with a dark dark holiday, you know, scary witches and and ghosts and and goblins and all those types of things, but those are all fun. Uh I mean, we do the fun aspect of them. We like dressing up as things. We like being scared and stuff, but we don't really want to hurt anybody or anything. So I hope everybody had a good, fun, safe uh, Halloween. I just recently over the weekend got caught up with all my favorite podcasts and everybody did, not everybody, but uh, several people did Halloween themed podcasts. And some of the ones I just listened to, I just listened to uh, the latest episode of No Quarter podcast, and the guys on No Quarter played Ghosts of Goblins, which is a very Halloween-appropriate Halloween type game. I'll be talking a little bit more. I don't know if I have too much about Halloween-type games, but uh, there are always those haunted house, haunted-type games uh, that can get you in the mood for the holidays. I also listened to The Retroist, and The Retroist did another one of his uh, famous Halloween specials, with people uh, sharing stories uh, and putting those all together. Those are always great fun. So if you didn't uh, catch the retroest Halloween special, you should be sure and catch that while still a little bit timely. Uh, On Throwback Reviews, uh, my other podcast, my co-host Sean and I, uh, Dora wasn't able to make this one, but Sean and I were joined by Sean's wife, Nicole. Nicole runs Monster Monsterland, which is the website where she sells her little uh, critters and creatures. And, and, uh, like I said, I, I always, I always feel bad when I plug it because I'm afraid people will think I'm plugging it because it's Sean's wife and not because I really enjoy the little things that she makes and sells, but I really do enjoy them. I have two of them sitting here on my desk. And, um, as soon as, uh, uh maybe, maybe after the holidays, you know, I'm going to put a couple, I'm going to put some, uh, of those on my Christmas list. So hopefully I can get some for Christmas and then, when I don't, then hopefully I'll get a bunch of money for Christmas and I'll buy them myself. But anyway, uh, on Throwback Reviews, Sean and Nicole and I discussed the movie Halloween, the original 1978 John Carpenter version of Halloween. And we had a great time doing that. So if you enjoyed uh, that movie or those movies, uh, be sure and check out that episode of Throwback Reviews. And Ferg had probably my favorite Halloween podcast, and maybe one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Ferg came up with the incredibly original idea of putting a quote-unquote costume on his podcast and making his podcast sound like my podcast. And so if uh, you go back and find the Halloween version or the Halloween episode of Ferg's podcast of the 2600 game by game podcast. If you play his podcast, it sounds like my podcast. And so Ferg had hit me up uh, about a month ago, wanting to know if I had links to the original uh, songs and samples that I had used when I built the intro for this. And uh, what was kind of funny is that I didn't, uh, you know, I, I compiled that uh, opening uh, sound the opening little uh, sound jingle that plays when this podcast begins. Um, I had to go track down what that song was, what the other song was. I knew I have a, a giant directory of video game related music and computer eight bit type music. And so I knew it had come from that directory, but the bad news is that directory has a couple thousand songs in it. So it took me a little bit to go find the actual songs, but I did find them and send them to Ferg and Ferg did a really good job of, uh, imitating my podcast. So my hat's off to Ferg. Also, Ferg right now is running a Halloween contest. Now, uh, by the time this airs, if I get this out today, which is Sunday, uh, there should be a few days left of the contest, but... What you need to do is go listen to the Halloween episode of Ferg's 2600 Game by Game podcast and listen to the intro. And he's played little sound bits from different Atari games. And so all you have to do is listen to those little sound bits and then try to guess what games they came from. And I think he said there are 17 in all. And uh, I put my guess in and I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to let anything out of the bag. Uh, But Ferg told me I got less than half of them. (laughs) I was hoping for the friend discount. I was hoping for the, uh, you know, nudge, nudge, uh, a little bit of assistance here, Ferg, if you're hearing me. But, um, no, Ferg did not do that. He did not help a brother out. And uh, so, yeah, I got uh, less than half of them. So hopefully you'll do better than I did. I I have to say that after listening to him, there's a lot of things on the Atari that sound uh, similar. That's all I'm gonna say right now. But, um, and I don't, I don't have the answers. I don't even know for sure which ones I got right and which ones I didn't. Um, I, I I'll swear to you, I, of the, uh, the 17 I guessed, I guessed 14. And of the 14 I guessed, I was pretty sure on about 11. And then three I weren't sure. So I was sure about 11, not so sure about three, and I got eight right. So I'm not sure. I can't wait to find out what the answer to that is. But, uh, if your ear is better than mine, uh, go check out the Halloween version of or the Halloween episode of first 2600 game by game podcast. And uh, you might want to throw your entry in. So what else is going on? It is November now. It's November 10th, actually today. And I've put away all of my Halloween things. I've put away my decorations. I've, I've stopped watching horror movies. I try to do that every October, watch horror movies to get me in the mood. I play, um, some horror related video games, nothing too scary. I'm not, you know, um, I'm more of a retro gamer, and so I even think of things like Resident Evil as being uh, a modern game, you know. Uh, So when I think of horror-type games, I think of Ghosts of Goblins, like the No Quarter guys recently did. I think of the Cauldron and Cauldron 2 games for the Commodore 64. I just did an episode of Sprite Castle, if you're not following SpriteCastle.com. On Sprite Castle, I just did an episode for Friday the 13th. I actually released that on Halloween. Uh, so there, there's actually Friday the 13th also for, uh, the NES, which is a completely different game than the Commodore 64 version. Uh, so there's some different stuff out there. Um, you know, definitely some horror related franchises. There's a Friday the 13th game for, uh, several eight bit consoles and computers. And I think all of them are, are fairly equally horrible, but, uh, you know, you can always play those types of games to get you in the mood for Halloween. This year for Halloween, I also ran Hallowindow, and I will add a link to the show notes for Hallowindow, but basically what Hallowindow is is a series of videos that you can buy, and they're pretty inexpensive. I mean, if you were to buy them all at once, it'd probably cost you 50 bucks or something, but uh, basically they are video loops that have been created on a computer. Uh, There's a montage version of each one, which is about two minutes in length, but the idea is that on Halloween... You'll hang a sheet in your window, and this requires a computer projector, a video projector. And you project these videos, you do basically reverse projection, So from inside your house, you project these videos on this sheet that's in the your window. And you can either reverse them. I found you could reverse them with VLC, or when you purchase them, you get both a forward and a mirror image version of the videos. Um, but they are fantastic. I mean, there's all these little videos of zombies walking around and scary things and bugs crawling on the window. And and they're fantastic. And, you know, there are some longer versions of those, but really I find, you know, they're like, um, the montage is made up of a bunch of, of different little clips and you can get the long version of those clips. And I, and I bought the whole package, but, um, the long versions are like five minutes long. And for the most part, I don't find trick or treaters hang out at any one house for five minutes. So the montage is perfect. People come in and, and then they, they go get their friends. They're like, Oh my God, you got to see what's going on in this house. And then they come back. And of course it's a different uh, video that's playing, you know? So I put it on repeat. I ran it the day before Halloween without any audio because it does have audio. And then Halloween night, I put some uh speakers and a tuner. I ran the speakers uh out to the window I used it on an upstairs bedroom window this time, and uh, from the street, it was fantastic. There was a part of the video where there was lightning, and it would just light up the street, and you could hear the crackle of the thunder. It was just, it was really good. And um, you know, I even had people like driving by in cars, and they would stop and they would sit in the street for a few minutes. And at one point, there was a group of you know, ten or twelve kids sitting around watching Hallowindow. So it's really fun to do. And like I said, you only do it once or twice, you know, I mean, like I did it the night before Halloween and I did it Halloween. And then after that, you take it apart and, and, uh, put everything back away and then you could do it next year, you know? So you don't really have enough time for it to get old, but I will, um, I did a, uh, blog post about Hallowindow, but I'll add a link to the video too. Cause, um, it's pretty cool. I I don't know that it fully gives you the, uh, uh, what it's really like in front of it, but it it gives you an idea. Hey That was the sound of the last disc loading here. looks like all my stories have loaded back up right out of the Commodore 64, and so let's go ahead and get them started playing with this episode of You Don't Know Flack. Before we get started, I just have to say that I am so, so lucky that I grew up in a family that videotaped and photographed pretty much everything. We got a VCR in 1978, the spring of 1978. And it came with a black and white camera that connected to it. So I have lots and lots, starting with, I was five years old. I turned five in 1978. So I was actually four when we got it. But from the Christmas of 1978 until the year or two before I moved out of my parents' home, we have all these Christmases that are recorded and, and my dad would put a camera on the tripod and put it in the corner of the room. And of course my sister and I were never, um, we didn't cooperate very well. So he would point it at the stockings and we would go to the tree and try to open the presents. And then we would, he would move the camera and point it at the tree and then we'd go check out our stockings. So I think he was always having to adjust the camera to do all these things, but he also, um, was really into photography. And so he took tons and tons of pictures of us growing up. And so I, I've heard, you know, I've had conversations with people either at work or other podcasters, people I've talked to, that say they don't remember what they were for Halloween. Or they don't remember this year what was I or whatever. I went back and looked through my personal digital, and by the way, I've I've digitized, I've scanned in almost all the family photos and all the home videos that we have. So when people say I don't, you know, remember what I was for Halloween, I go back and and I just look, and I I have all these pictures, you know. So I have pictures of me and all these different costumes over the year and there's a year or two that kind of blur together. So I'm not exactly sure like, okay, this year I was this and this year I dressed up as that. But for the most part, I have a pretty good record of all these things. And so I'm always really appreciative that we have this little um, video and photographic library that I can refer back to. The oldest Halloween related picture I can find on myself is when I was four years old and that year for Halloween. I still lived in Bethany. We hadn't moved to the house that I grew up in yet. We moved the following summer. We moved the summer of 78 uh, to the house. So I was still four when we moved to the house. And um, my my dad still lives in that house. So it's the house I, I lived in my whole life, basically. But um, before we lived there for four years, we lived in Bethany, which is a, um, you know, a smaller, older um, little town town. Um, smaller start houses. I mean, the houses are, you know, a lot of them are, I think ours was a, a smaller than a thousand square foot. It was like an eight, 900 square foot house, something like that. And, uh, so there's this picture of me and my, my buddy lived across the street and his name was Scott and, uh, Scott Chapman, who's one of those people that I have not been able to locate. Um, I don't know if he never got on Facebook. I don't know. I don't know whatever happened, but I, I've lost contact with Scott Chapman. But anyway, uh, so there's a photo of us, And we're getting ready to go trick-or-treating, and Scott is wearing a devil costume, like one of those costumes that you got out of the, you know, I think they call them box costumes, just came from the store, the plastic mask, and then like a vinyl thing, you know, that that you would wear, like a poncho almost, with a picture of the devil on it. And I'm dressed as a ghost, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't care how many pictures of kittens, babies, unicorns, whatever you look at. This picture is one of the three cutest pictures you'll ever see in your life. I'm wearing—I mean, it's basically like a tiny little bedsheet, and it has eye holes cut out of it, and then it has like a green string around the neck to kind of give it a little shape or whatever. But it is adorable. <laughs> I don't—I'm—I have no qualms about describing it that way. It is the cutest little picture. So that was the Halloween of '77. I went as a ghost. And, you know, for the most part, I'm I'm kind of looking through, I don't know, I guess it was about 50-50. Uh, I don't know that I was always a horror-type person for Halloween. Um, so, moving on, let's see. I, I don't really remember that costume. I just, I have this picture, and so I, you know, vaguely, I think I remember the picture more than I remember doing that. But my, my real Halloween memories start, I guess, the following year when we moved to the house that I grew up in. And that's in a, a neighborhood called Sun Valley. Uh, It's in Yukon, Oklahoma. It's just outside of Oklahoma City, a little suburb. And um, one of the great things about Sun Valley is that it is six blocks. And, I mean, they're all in a row. So it's a big rectangle-type neighborhood. um, And there are two streets that run east and west, like on either end. And then it's divided up into six blocks. And then there are entrances basically on the south side of the neighborhood. But there are no entrances or exits on the north side or the east side or the west side. So there's no through traffic at all. Anybody that's driving around in Sun Valley belongs in Sun Valley. So it was a pretty safe place as kids for us to run around, ride bikes, ride our go-karts, ride our motorcycles, and go trick-or-treating. You know, we weren't we didn't worry about people screaming through the neighborhood or cutting through to avoid a stoplight or anything like that. Um it was it was just a pretty safe place. It was a safe place. It was a good place to grow up. So now back then, and this is, I don't know how, how recent this has happened because, you know, there's a big chunk of my life. I mean, I graduated high school in 91 and then I didn't have kids going to school until 2005, 2006. So there's a big 15 year chunk where I don't know when things changed. But when I was a kid around Halloween, you dressed up in your Halloween costume and you went to school. apparently they don't do that anymore. I mean, I asked my kid, hey, when do you get to wear your costume to school? Basically, never. You don't wear your costume to school anymore. Now, they did have a Halloween after-school dance kind of thing, and he was allowed to wear a costume to that. And this is public schools. But there was no day where you got to wear your costume and wear it to school. Now, I remember, you know, as a kid, in fact, there's one of my good friends. Her name is Sarah. Uh, We had a, I don't remember if it was, it must have been around Halloween, but um, dressed up as uh, basically Tom Sawyer. And so she's wearing overalls and has like a little fake uh, five o'clock shadow and the little stick with the runaway bag on the back, like a little hobo. And she wore that on the day that we ended up taking pictures for our school yearbook. So in every school yearbook, she was in a lot of the same groups I was in. Uh, like after school clubs and things like that. And in all the pictures, it's all of us wearing our, you know, nice clothes and all this. And then there's Sarah and she's dressed like a hobo, (laughs) which is, um, but that's, you know, uh, that's what happened. You wore your costume to school. Um, the earliest pictures I have of me in Sun Valley, there was about three years in a row. Now I, we're talking about 1978. And if you listen to the Star Wars collecting episode, you know, you probably know this anyway, that Star Wars came out on May 25th, 1977. So guess what? In 1978, I was Chewbacca. Now, I will tell you that my mother is a very good... Do you call it a seamstress? I don't know. A seamstress sounds like a job to me, but she's very good at sewing things and making things or whatever. And so she would allow us to buy a mask, but then typically she would make the costumes. And so for three years in a row, I'm going to guess this is 78, 79 and 80. I was Chewbacca. I was a stormtrooper, and I was Darth Vader. And in each one of those costumes, uh my mom like i have a, a chewbacca a picture and she made me like this brown felt jumpsuit and then we took these brown like gardener's gloves you know those the cheap gardener's gloves that you can get that are brown and she sewed some felt to the back sides of them and then i bought a, a chewbacca mask like the little plastic mask with the elastic little string on the back you know so i got the mask and she made the costume and i was chewbacca and then the uh, next year uh, I was, uh, a stormtrooper, and she made me a white, uh, jumpsuit thing. And then I got to buy the little mask. And I had, um, I remember I had this really, really cool. I, I don't know what the name of it is now. Um, it was a, um, like a laser rifle and it was blue and red plastic. And whenever you pulled the trigger, it clicked and a little, there was a little light bulb in the end and that would light up at the end. Uh, and they, uh, my parents, I don't remember if it was my mom or my dad, but one of them spray painted it black and it looked just like a stormtrooper rifle. It was really cool and so we went to this uh Halloween neighborhood Halloween party and I was dressed as a stormtrooper. And uh you know when you're a kid you think you look just like the person, you know what I mean? Like I felt like I looked like a stormtrooper even though in reality, you know, I'm like 4 foot tall or whatever. Uh but I had my rifle, you know, and I thought I was so cool and I remember looking down and seeing black on my hands and the, the spray paint had started to come off and the sweatier and hotter I got in this white jumpsuit, the more paint was coming off, you know. So I think probably after that Halloween, I think that that rifle went in the trash. <laughs> I think the black paint was just coming off it, you know. So uh but yeah, it was Star Wars characters, that was big for me as a kid. Um, and like I said, we went to this neighborhood Halloween party and there was this family that lived at the other end of our block. Their name was, uh, was the butlers and the butlers would always put on a little Halloween thing. And so we would walk down the street and, um, you know, in Oklahoma, people don't have basements. Now I know I, I've talked to Sean from uh, throwback reviews who lives up in New Jersey. And, and I know my family in Chicago and people, lots of places have, um, basements, but in Oklahoma, it's very, very uncommon to have a basement. I, I think I've been in actually two houses in my life in Oklahoma that had basements. And part of the reason why is because, um, the, uh, soil in Oklahoma is made of really hard clay. Once you dig down, uh, about a foot, it just turns into this clay. that's really hard. Uh, and it's tough to dig through, which obviously, you know, big machinery could dig through it with no problem, but uh, during the winter, uh, when everything contracts and then when, in the summer, when it expands, it breaks concrete and it will break your basement walls. So they can make basements, but from what I understand, they have to pour it in all one piece. They don't, they can't pour the floor and wait for it to dry and then pour the walls because it would all be separate pieces of, of, uh, concrete. So, um, Instead, they have to pour it all as, like in one, almost like a big mold or whatever. And it's really expensive and hard to do. So most people here don't have basements. So instead, what a lot of people have are tornado shelters because we here in the Midwest have tornadoes that like to come through and tear up churches and mobile homes and occasionally regular neighborhoods. And so the Butlers had a um, tornado shelter, which in fact I remember a few times when there were storms coming through that we would, you know, rush down to their tornado shelter. We'd run down the block, you know, and everybody would pile into this little hole in the ground or whatever. And and it's funny, you know, like when you go back to your high school and you're like, wow, this is a lot smaller. I remember it being much larger. I remember there being, you know, dozens and dozens of people in this tornado shelter, and there's no way it was that big. I mean, it, it had to be, um, you know, really small. But um, anyway, the butlers would set up a haunted house down in the their little tornado shelter, and the kids would get go through the haunted house. And it was the very... Oh, most stereotypical thing you can imagine. You know, it was, um, I remember that the, they had the bowl of grapes. Well, these are eyeballs, you know, and she would touch those. And I think there may have been a, a bowl of spaghetti that was supposed to be brains or whatever. But as little kids, it was really fun, you know. So I, I, I remember that. And they also had one of the, it was three daughters. The butlers uh, had three daughters. And um, the oldest one, I'm pretty sure it was the oldest one, had a... A crystal ball and it had like a, a light switch underneath, you know, it took double A batteries. It's pretty magical. And um, so you would turn the light on and um, they would do fortune readings or, you know, tell you your fortune or whatever. So it was really, it was always fun. We would always go down there around Halloween time, but I'll, I'll always remember that. And I, I have a picture. The butlers had these giant yellow slash gold, Color curtains, and so there's a, a great picture of me and my, you know, all my friends and everything, and we're all dressed up. My buddy Andy, I think he's dressed up as Fred Flintstone in a little plastic thing, you know, one of the little plastic box costumes. Another one of my friends is Popeye, and then there's me right in the middle with my big stormtrooper helmet and uh, my white jumpsuit and my stormtrooper rifle. I think that's right before all the paint started coming off. Um, so th- you know, pretty soon I became, uh, well, let's see, I would have been you know, once we moved to there, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, I was a uh, vampire. I remember that. I really remember because, um, I mean, the only vivid memory I have of that year is that my mom slicked my hair back and then drew a widow's peak on the <laughs> front of my forehead, which I didn't really understand, uh, the point of that, but you know, in retrospect, I do now, of course. Um, but I was a, a uh, and then I was the devil one here, and it was the world's weirdest. I mean, it wasn't weird. Um, my mom's a huge fan of garage sales, and she found this uh, devil mask. And for some reason, I don't know, it was like that really thin latex. So when you moved your head, it would just like wobble all around. It didn't really fit my head. It was probably like an adult size mask, and the latex was really thin, so it was kind of droopy on my head. And it had big yellow teeth, They're not, not fangs, they weren't sharp, it was almost like kind of a silly yellow teeth that I remember. Uh, and then I had a red long sleeve shirt, like a flannel shirt, not flannel, but um, almost like flannel pajamas, you know. And then these red tights, and so I wore this, and I think my mom got me a toy plastic pitchfork that was way too small. I mean, it was like a foot long. <laughs> it was almost like a, like a barbecued... <laughs> <laughs> I could just see like standing out with a barbecue with this little plastic pitchfork flipping steaks, you know, but that's what it was like. It was like a barbecue utensil as plastic, of course. So I was the devil that year. Um, and then if you've listened to, I don't remember what number it was, the episode the you don't know flack episode, which is all about ninjas. Then you know that for one year I was a ninja. And uh, dressed up like a ninja. And let me tell you, uh, as an adult taking kids trick-or-treating, I want my kids to be dressed up as light bulbs. (laughs) I want my kids to be wearing, my daughter this year was a white witchy ghoul thing, which was great. She was wearing a white dress. Her hair was white. Her face was white. And cars could see her. So at the age of 12, roughly, maybe 13, I was a ninja. I was dressed in black from head to toe with the entire intent of disappearing into the night. And I am so amazed that I did not get hit by a car or killed. (laughs) Um, I even remember that I put on this this sword and I went trick-or-treating wearing a sword, which now will get you tased. <laughs> that will get the cops called on you. And there was a special thing around Halloween where if you went to McDonald's and you went in with your costume, uh, you could get like a little coupon. It was like trick-or-treating McDonald's. And McDonald's was far enough away for us. I mean uh maybe a ten minute drive, you know, but I think we did that maybe like on the way home from school or something like that. But I remember going to McDonald's wearing this this ninja suit and a sword and the guy behind the counter was like, hey, he can't have a sword in here. And I'm like, first of all, I'm 12, you know? And so I'm like, you never know. And, and thinking back, I can't, t- I don't know if the guy was kidding. Because uh, sometimes when adults kid with you and you're a little kid, it's hard to, to read them, you know? So I don't i don't really know if he was kidding or not. But it seemed pretty serious to me that he, he was not happy that I was at McDonald's with a sword. But um, I do remember getting a hot fudge sundae and I ate it in my ninja mask. Then I was a werewolf and I was a werewolf. And the following year I was a werewolf and an old man. So I'll explain that. Um, my dad got a werewolf mask and uh, I think he, got, if I remember right, for some reason I remember that he got it at toys RS and it was just a latex mask. Uh, well, the the front, like the mouth came out was plasticky kind of latex and then the, around the eyes. And then the rest was this big, giant hair. It was gray and black. It was a really cool looking mask. And uh, so one year for Halloween, I dressed up and I was like, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, what kind of costume do you wear when you're a werewolf? But then, you know, I figured out, hey, people turn into werewolves. So I'll just dress like a person and I'll put on this werewolf mask. And that's what I did. And so I just wore like a coat and whatever. And people are like, Oh, what's your costume? I'm like, I just turned into a werewolf. Ah." I don't think I did that voice, but, uh, but anyway, it worked, you know? And so the following year, my mom took me out, you know, shopping for Halloween. Like, what would you do? Um We would go to the expensive Halloween store first, like go to hecklers or something and look at all the masks there, which were like, you know, $50, or whatever, which I never would get. But then we would go to Walmart or some other place. And then you look at the $5 masks and then you think, okay, well, I saw this other mask. I could kind of make it look like that. Or I would, you know, do something else with it. I found this mask that was basically like an old man and, you know, and it might've have have even been an old woman. I mean, it was a, just a generic old face and it had this gray hair that went around the back, but it didn't even look like hair. It just looked like a piece of carpet that was sewed on, but it went around your whole head. And so I came up with this costume where I would wear a flannel shirt. I had all these flannel shirts as a kid and a pair of overalls and these big boots. And I would be like an old farmer kind of guy, right? So I went out with all my friends and we trick-or-treated all of Sun Valley. I mean, when we trick-or-treated, it wasn't any of this come back at dark or come back when it's cold or come back, whatever. We came back when we had visited every house in Sun Valley, six blocks up and down every street, um, you know, a couple hundred houses, I'm sure. And so when I got back to the house and I emptied out all my candy, I knew immediately what I was going to do. And I got one of my friends and I took off the old man mask and I put on the werewolf mask. And I went out again and I did the whole neighborhood or as much as I could of it a second time. And that was by far the year when I got the most candy. And, you know, I've heard of people doing that. Hey, let's let's change costumes and go again. But I did it. And that costume worked for both masks. So that was really, really fun. Um, That was a year I remember, um, you know, when you're a kid, you just have these these little memories, these moments that stick with you. And I had gotten a bed, like a, a pillowcase is what I used that year for my candy. And I'd got so much. And it was so heavy that when I was walking home, I was dragging it and I literally put a hole in the pillowcase. And so I had candy coming out the end and I just remember being devastated because you would look and it wasn't like, you know, a whole trail of candy. It was just like a piece there, a piece there, you know, and, um, but I had so much, that was like the second, the second round. So I had so much candy. It wasn't worth going back for, I just picked up, you know, the other end of the the thing and held it together and and went home and, and called it a date. Now around that same time, uh, I remember that my buddy, Jeff, my lifelong friend, Jeff, uh, had a Halloween party. This was in seventh grade. And I remember very, very specifically, this is the first Halloween party that I ever went to that my parents weren't at. Um, so I had met Jeff at the beginning of seventh grade. That would have been in August. And we sat next to each other in class in a couple of classes. Um, I've probably told this story before, but Jeff and I met in music class in seventh grade, the first day of school, this teacher, her name was uh, Mrs. Hart. I believe passed out the lyrics to this song, said we were going to sing this song. And the name of the song was you can be a rainbow. And, um, she, she passes out these lyric sheets, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh my God, this is this is my life now. This is it. I'm gonna sing You Can Be a Rainbow in front of a bunch of other people, you know? And um I was wearing a blue oyster cult t-shirt. And this is the first day of school, the day that your parents made you dress up and wear nice clothes. And I I think I had maybe a polo or a button down shirt, something that I'd worn, but I'd worn this blue oyster cult t-shirt underneath it. Um, And by the way, I had no idea who blue oyster cult was at the time, but I had seen other kids wearing cool, concert shirts and heavy metal t-shirts. So I wanted one. And so I got this from a garage sale. I didn't know who blue oyster colt was and I didn't care. I did not yet fear the Reaper and I didn't know anything about cowbell. I just had this cool shirt. So I'm wearing this shirt. I've taken off the dress shirt and I'm standing in music class with a blue oyster colt t-shirt. And here comes Jeff seventh grade. We're 12 years old and he's wearing a Metallica shirt. And I, I don't even think I knew who Metallica was at that point in time. Um, I mean, this is pretty early on. This is the first couple of albums, you know, and he comes over to me with this piece of paper. He leans over to me and says, are you going to sing this shit? (laughs) That's the first words Jeff Martin ever said to me. And, uh, I said, Nope. And he said, me either. And he said, my name's Jeff. And so that's how we met. And we have been friends ever since seventh grade. So anyway. Uh, Jeff had a Halloween party that year. So we we had known each other for a couple of months at that point. And I went over. And first of all, Jeff lived in a neighborhood. I don't know that it was better or worse or anything than sun valley. Like the houses weren't more expensive or less expensive. It was definitely in town. So it was pretty close to the school. Uh, but there were several girls that lived around Jeff. And so there were girls at this party. There were two or three girls that I remember. One came as an angel. One came as a devil and they hung around together. I think one came as a punk rocker. Um, and this was really some, most of these girls at this party, went on to become so popular that they would never talk to me again. <laughs> but in seventh grade, none of that mattered. Seventh grade was still everybody was friends with everybody. You were still drawing the lines in the sand, you know, unless you were like the booger eating kid, then, you know, you didn't have any friends. But uh I did not eat boogers. And so I was kind of friends with everybody. So I, I definitely remember that, Um, you know, all it was like all these people that later on you would look back and you would say, okay, well, here's, Uh, you know, the guy that was popular, here's the guys that weren't popular, this guy joined a gang, (laughs) whatever, you know, but at that time, all these people were all friends with one another, so I remember going to this party, also Jeff's dad had a fully stocked bar in the back room, and so uh, Jeff was making little drinks for people (laughs) every time his mom wasn't looking, so I remember that, Uh, and... Jeff was showing the first Friday the 13th. Actually, it might not have even been the first. I think it might have been a later one, maybe second or third Friday the 13th movie. And they were playing it, and they had all the lights out. We were watching it in the living room. And I, hmm, you know, I remember in sixth grade, I saw the first Nightmare on Elm Street. And I believe it was sixth or seventh grade when I saw Children of the Corn but I know that I hadn't seen any Friday the 13th movies. Um And uh, so his mom was in there and she was like, whatever y'all want to watch. And so we watched that and kids were in there sneaking little drinks of booze or whatever. <laughs> this is seventh grade, but it was a great party. And um I do remember that um there were these kids that I thought I was going to get in a fight with because they had come dressed in, in their karate suits. And I guess they both uh took karate. And, and so, uh, Jeff had told him that I took karate and they were wanting to to battle or something. I don't know, something silly the 7th graders do. Um, but anyway, uh, I wore the uh, werewolf mask, I would, so I was not uh, not in the mood to do any karate at that party, I can tell you that. But uh, I seem to remember also, Jeff had a big hot tub in his back uh, in that same room where the bar was, and they had put a big thing of dry ice in the hot tub, and it was smoking, and it was really cool. It's the first time I think I'd ever seen dry ice, like out of actual you know, party like that. Uh, So that was cool. Uh, Jeff always had, he he got this mask that looked like the Grim Reaper. It was a big black hood and a skeleton face and eyes that were flashing red LEDs. And I'm pretty sure that's the only mask Jeff ever owned. (laughs) I think anytime I saw Jeff dressed up from seventh grade to high school to whatever, he wore that mask. I think that's the only costume I've ever seen him wear. Uh, anyway, back to trick or treating. I, um, you know, I just heard on, and I listened to so many Halloween podcasts recently, so I, I, forgive me, I forget which one it came from, but somebody was talking about getting things other than candy. And that happened, you know, sometimes you would get the little spider rings. I remember getting those. I remember getting Halloween pencils. Um, and the only good thing, the only thing, uh, pencils were good for is we played a lot of track and field, the arcade game, and you could run faster if you use this little technique where you, um, put your middle finger down and then you, you use the pencil to hit the run buttons, almost like a little seesaw and you could get really fast if you did that. And so I, I um, you know, if it was a good pencil that could be used for that, I guess that was okay. Sometimes it'd give you money. There was one family. I talked about this when I did uh, last year, the retros Halloween special. There was one lady that would give out popcorn balls, but you had to have a note from your parents and it was all the way on the other side of sun Valley. So I mean, it would probably take you 15 or 20 minutes to walk home and get a note and walk back. There's no way it was worth it, you know, so we would never get that. And then every now and then we would get fruit. I remember getting oranges and apples and uh, my parents would immediately throw that stuff away. Uh, I did the same thing this year. There's a a house, probably 10 houses down from us right now. And I forgot about it because he did it last year. But then when he did it again this year, I was like, oh, that's that's that house. And we've just marked that house off. But uh, both times, both years, last year and this year that we've gone with the kids that he's got uh, or he's given the kids a brand new apple. And I tell the kids, you say, thank you very much. We take the apple. And then about three houses down, there's a huge creek. Uh, that you drive over this little bridge. And then, uh, we actually, because the houses are, are far enough apart out here and not that many people participate. We took the golf cart. I have a golf cart. And, uh, so I drive it around and the, and the kids will stand on the back or sit on the back. And, uh, we go from house to house on the golf cart. And, uh, after that, we drove about three houses down and I took the apples and chunked them into the creek. Um, <laughs> didn't even bother bringing them home. Uh, and that's just, uh, unfortunately that's the way it is. You know, you can't, um can't eat things that may have been opened or whatever. So, uh, anyway, the werewolf mask, costume is one of the last ones. I remember the last year that I ever trick or treated, I was 15 years old. And, um, so I, I, would have turned 15 in August. Uh, and then, you know, Halloween would be a few years later. And I had another friend whose name was Lewis and Lewis. Um, I met Lewis, uh, in, uh, in seventh or eighth grade, and we both played Dungeons and Dragons, and he had a a Tandy IBM compatible computer, and I, of course, by that time, seventh grade, we had a, we still had, I think, our PC Junior, and eventually we had our XT. So Lewis and I would would swap games occasionally and do things like that. So. Um, but Lewis, when he turned 14, got a motorcycle, and I got a motorcycle. And in Oklahoma, you could get a motorcycle driver's license with—you have to follow certain rules—but you could get a license when you were 14. And so Lewis was my motorcycle friend. So he and I—he was also one of my skateboard friends. So Lewis and I would would drive around on our motorcycles. I would go over to his place, and we would get our skateboards and and ride to somebody's ramp or to a a little hidden place or whatever. I I have a a skateboarding episode in me so hard and I just need to get around to doing it. But, um, but yeah, so the two of us would ride around. And so we came up with this idea that we were going to be the blues brothers for Halloween. And we were going to get on our motorcycles and go to a, you know, a couple other neighborhoods and like, go see our friends and do stuff like that and go trick or treating. So, and we're, like I said, we're 15. And by the way, when I was 14, I got a job I worked at a concession stand with Jeff uh, and our other friend, Andy. And so the three of us worked at a concession stand. I worked like four or five days a week. So it's not like I didn't have money to buy candy with, you know. Uh, And Lewis got a job when he was 14 um, across the street uh, from his place. There was a... Uh, like a, I guess you call it like a nursery for, like a, for plants and stuff like a greenhouse. And he would, uh, you know, go out and and take care of all these plants and stuff. So, so both of us had jobs. I mean, if that's, you know, putting this in, you know, putting in a perspective, I guess. So anyway, I told Lewis, I said, Hey, let's, let's dress up like the blues brothers. He says, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. We'll get on our motorcycles. We'll drive somewhere. So I, I dressed now, this is my idea of the blues brothers. They wear a black suit, white shirt, black tie, sunglasses, and black hats. Okay. I don't have any of that. So I had black pants. I think a white t-shirt. I had this like a a denim blazer (laughs) that I got. So I have that on some sunglasses and one year for Halloween, my dad was Indiana Jones. And so I have his Indiana Jones uh, fedora, which is tan. I go over to Lewis's, and Lewis is dressed like the Blues Brothers zombie. I mean, he's wearing a, a black coat, like maybe a trench coat, a white shirt, some black pants, and his face is painted like a skeleton. And I'm like, what the heck are you? He's like, I'm a Blues Brother. I'm a zombie. And I'm like, the Blues Brothers aren't zombies, which I guess at that point, um, John Belushi could have been. <laughs> but um, I was like, well, you don't look like a Blues Brother. He's like, well, you don't look like a Blues Brother. And I was like, God, we, we really should have coordinated better. So we got on our motorcycles. We drive out to this neighborhood, and um, it's like the second or third house. We knock on the door, and it's this girl from our class. And we're standing there, and she's like, what are y'all doing? And we're like, whoa, we're trick-or-treating, you know? And she's like, aren't you kind of old for trick-or-treating? And I'm like, yeah. And it's very awkward, you know, well, because she had assumed the role of the person. Now she's the person giving out candy. And we're the guys riding our mo- motorcycles around town. <laughs> like we had to take off work for a day to go trick-or-treating. And it was like the third house that we went to. And I told Louis, I was like, yeah, dude, we're too old for this. He's like, yeah. And so we just, I think we said, see you later. And we both went home or whatever. And that was really like the last time I ever trick-or-treated. It was just like, like a ton of bricks that it came down on me. Like, oh, it just hit me. We're too old for that stunk, man, you know? And so um for a long time, I didn't do anything for Halloween. We, you know, would decorate our house and and do things like that, you know, and pass out candy. But I didn't uh, go to Halloween parties. I didn't hardly do anything like that. As an adult, um, there was lots of years I didn't dress up. Uh, I didn't dress up again until uh, we had Mason and so Mason went to a daycare where I work and where I work, all, all these buildings, it's a big campus and all the buildings are connected underground uh, by tunnels. And so that the daycare takes the kids out and they do a thing where they called um, haunt the tunnels. So they go around and, and all the people that work there, we go down and stand in the tunnels and we hand out candy. So it's like trick or treating, but you know, it's during the day it's for little kids and they said, you know, everybody should, you know, you could dress up or whatever. And so, it was I could tell you the year it would have been two thousand and well, I said I could tell you the year. Mason was born well, it would have been 2002 because uh, my son was born in December of 2001, so the next year he would have been about ten months old or whatever, and uh, they they have like a big buggy and they push the little babies around and of course they dress you up and you know you're in a little suit or whatever, and kids have no idea what's going on. And uh my wife and I uh both dressed up as Star Wars characters. And she dressed up as uh, Queen Amidala in a completely homemade costume, which was fantastic looking. And I dressed up as the world's fattest sand person. I was a Tusken Raider. I looked like the Tusken Raider that got lucky when everybody else was living in the desert. And somehow I had found a Vegas buffet. <laughs> but the costume, Susan helped me make the costume. It was really good. I had the the gun straps that went over each shoulder and the, uh, I think the, the gaffy stick, I think that's the name of it. And I found plans on the internet of how to make one out of uh, things that you could find at the local hardware store. And it was like PVC pipe and a funnel and a, you know, like a saucer and all these things that just look ridiculous. And I glued it all together and painted it how they said or whatever. And it looked awesome. It was really cool. And, um, unfortunately there's a picture of us together, but I don't have the gaffy stick because, uh, we did it at work and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't take it at work. And also I had bought the mask and the mask was the worst part. I mean, it was great because the mask looked good, but it was like really skin tight. I just remember being really uncomfortable and hard to breathe in. Um, but anyway, so we did that. And then a year or two later, my friend Jeff had another Halloween party. Of course, now we're adults, you know? And, uh, this was right after Blair Witch had come out. I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do remember the movie Blair Witch. And so we decorated Jeff's whole house, um, uh, the whole living room and and dining room. We put um, butcher paper, we hung it all over the walls. And the day before we went and got red paint and we put our hands in red paint and we stuck our handprints all over the wall. And then we went in with, um, little markers and stuff and we drew the Blair Witch, uh, you know, little stick man signals on stuff. And we also had like found, I think, uh, one of the Danzig albums, maybe Danzig four or something. Um, there's like all this writing and it looks really evil. Like it's a, a weird font, you know? And so we wrote weird words in these fonts. It weren't even real words. we just, you know, I mean, and the whole place looked really creepy, especially with, you know, the lights turned dim, some black lights and a strobe light and stuff. So it was really cool. And um, I didn't know what I was going to be that year. I didn't want to be a Star Wars guy. I wanted to be something cool, you know. And right around this time is when the Monica Lewinsky scandal came out. And I said, I'm going to be Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) And let me tell you what. This does not reflect my personal opinion or view of anybody. I am really a live and let live type guy. Whatever you want to do. Whoever you want to do it with, I'm okay with. That doesn't bother me. But I found out that I was really uncomfortable wearing a dress. (laughs) Even in a joking manner. Even in, no one would have mistaken me for a girl. I had a big full beard. (laughs) And black hairy legs and black hairy arms. Everybody thought it was very funny. I was very uncomfortable the whole time. I even had a little wig on, and um I wore that costume for about fifteen minutes, and I just had to go change it There was something about it. I think that was the only time that I remember wearing a dress, and I'm sure I will not wear one again um I've never worn a kilt. I don't have anything against kilts and um i'm you know I'm Irish, so maybe uh I don't know i I think that's more of a i know Doug McCoy's talked about uh wearing kilts more uh Going to Scottish type things. I think he's um, uh, of Scottish descent, and um, you know, so that that doesn't bother me. But there was something about wearing a dress that I just couldn't I couldn't deal with. Just mentally, there was something about it that bothered me. So I w- I was Monica Lewinsky for about an hour and uh, came out of that costume pretty quickly. Um, in uh, the late nineties. I moved to Spokane, Washington, and I lived in Spokane for about a year and a half. And when I moved to Spokane, it was for work, and my wife stayed behind. She stayed in Oklahoma for a couple months trying to sell our house. So I took the bare essentials, and I've joked that my idea when I was, oh, let's see, this would have been 96. So when I was 22, 23, my idea of the bare essentials are much, much different Than what I consider the bare essentials to be now. Uh, The bare essentials to me then were a PC, um, a 13 inch television with my Super Nintendo, uh, a few days of clothes, and a floppy chair to sleep on. I'm trying to think if I took anything else. Here's things I didn't take silverware, um, pots and pans, deodorant, a blanket. A pillow. Um, what else? Anything? <laughs> I literally took. Oh, but I did take. I think at that time I had four or five hundred music CDs, and I took all of those. So, um, when I I went up to Spokane, I found this apartment, and uh, I didn't even have any any furniture. It wasn't furnished. So I set up my computer in the middle of the living room floor and I set my TV up by where the cable was coming in. And I had my Nintendo and I would sit in the floor or lay on the floor and play Nintendo games. I'd come home from work and and play Super Nintendo or watch TV and uh, and get on my computer. That's what I did for like uh, a month. I don't know how long it took for Susan to get up there, like a month, month and a half, something like that. But um, I found out that there were things that I needed. I needed a lamp. I needed, um, you know, some different things. And so I'd gone shopping, and right around that time, all the Halloween stuff had just come on sale. And so I bought this lamp, and this lamp was like four or five plastic skulls stacked on each other with a light bulb in the middle. (laughs) I bought two of them. I put one uh, by where I slept on this little floppy chair. You know what I'm talking about when I say floppy chair? it's It's like four... Um, almost like couch mattresses, but they're sewn together. And so it folds up in a way that it's a chair, but then when you unfold it, it's just a long skinny thing that you sleep on. Uh, and I didn't have a pillow. I mentioned that. And so, uh, I had taken a shirt and I tied the sleeves closed in knots and I stuffed the shirt full of dirty clothes. And that's what I use for a pillow. Um, so I put the skull lamp there and I had another skull lamp, uh, in the kitchen and I didn't have any uh, dining room furniture or table or whatever, so I would stand at the bar and eat my dinner. Then I put a lamp there. Um, and uh, when my wife did finally show up, I think she said something to the effect of, "What the hell are you? <laughs> what the hell have you done with this place?" Because it looked like a haunted house. Like all I had was all this stuff that had come from Halloween. I had bought um, paper plates and napkins that were—they um, were like. White with, uh, I think they were white, like black and white with spiders on them for Halloween or whatever. And the napkins might have had uh, uh, jack-o'-lanterns on them. But, (laughs) yeah, there's a reason she doesn't let me decorate around the house. But, uh, yeah, for a while I lived in an apartment that was completely decorated in Halloween decorations, which was good times. And um, I, I only, that's the only time that year and a half that I ever lived in an apartment complex. And I did enjoy that around Halloween because uh the kids when they would come trick or treat you'd get so many kids you know the whole apartment complex you just turn your light on and and the kids would come through you know um and then we moved back and we lived in a couple different places or whatever uh halloween really didn't get big for me again until we had kids i, I mentioned my son mason was born in 2001 uh, in halloween 2002 we got this little costume for him. It was a little zip up. Like, uh, I believe it was supposed to be a giraffe. And, um, we drove to all my friends' houses and not, not my friends' houses, the parents of my friends' houses, like my buddy Scott. I don't think we went to Scott's house, but I know we went to Scott's parents' house. And basically it was an excuse to drive around and show off my kid. Anybody that hadn't seen my kid at that point, they got to see my kid. Uh, and so that's what we did. And, and, um, you know, people would give you these giant things of candy. And I'm like, my kid's 10 months old. He doesn't even have any teeth. Uh No, he would have been eight months old. Like, he doesn't eat solid food. He doesn't eat, you know, giant Snickers bars. But whatever, we would take the candy and then we would just eat it. <laughs> uh, but that was a really, really fun Halloween, just going around it. And Halloween for me has always been very social. I've always enjoyed seeing friends doing things, um, you know, around Halloween time. So that was a really cool, cool year. And then uh, my daughter was born uh, in the summer of 2005. And so by the time the next year rolled around, that's when trick-or-treating really picked up for both of them. And the early years, I know Mesa was a giraffe. And, and the same thing as, like, my parents did for me. I have pictures of every Halloween of my kids. So I can tell you what they were each year. They were a giraffe. He was Tigger. He was a there was a, a superhero range where he was Hulk and he was Spider-Man. But by the time my daughter was born, it became a duo. And the first year that uh, the first Halloween my daughter went out, she was dressed as Princess Leia in one of these little adorable kid outfits. It's like a, a little white Princess Leia dress and then a little headpiece thing that had the the curly hair buns on the side. And Mason was a Jedi. And uh, the picture of them together as a two of that is one of the greatest Halloween pictures that I have in my collection. I really, really enjoy that. Um, Mason has been a Jedi a couple of times. He's been Darth Vader. Um, my son is not into scary stuff as much as my daughter is. My son one year wanted to be like an Easter bunny for Halloween. And then I think he, um, put some blood or at some point on the costume. Uh, but for the most part, he wants to be that he wants to be a clown. He wants to be those type of things. My daughter, uh, every year wants to be a zombie, uh, a ghoul, a witch. Uh, I mean, that's what she wants to be. Now, um, there was one year where her, I think this was uh, her friend had gone trick or treating with us and her friend was going to be Shirley temple. And so I think Morgan was a mermaid or a princess or something Disney related. But I, I always kind of felt like that year she was influenced by the friend and not, not in a bad way, not to care, you know, but, uh, but I always felt like that was the friend uh, that had kind of talked her into being a princess. Um, This year, like I said, she was um, like an undead kind of witch thing. And Mason, Wore this costume that I still don't fully understand. It was like a skin-tight spandex suit that kind of looked like a tuxedo. And it had a mask that went up, zipped up over his face, so you could not see any details of him from head to toe. Um, And then whenever we left to go trick-or-treating, he said, oh, I don't like this mask. I can't see out of it. It doesn't work. And I'm like, well, you know, seven o'clock on Halloween night's kind of a bad time to decide that, brother. (laughs) So I actually had an old... um, one one time at a, I think I was at a uh, flea market, there was a guy that was selling wrestler masks, like uh, the old school, like uh, the Mexican wrestlers, you know, like the luchadors, uh, for like three bucks, a skin type mask or whatever, and so Mason said, hey, can I wear that? I said, knock yourself out. And so he was, uh, somebody made the uh, uh, mistake of asking my son what he was supposed to be at, uh, one of the houses they trick-or-treated, and after like 10 minutes, I'm like, all right, buddy, wrap it up. (laughs) He's trying to explain he's like a tuxedo guy, this and that, but he's got a wrestler suit, and this and that, because this mask didn't work, and I'm like, all right, they really don't care. Just say you're funny wrestler guy, and be over it, you know? We also... Uh, you know, the, the universal symbol for you are a house to trick or treat is putting your porch light on. If you don't know that you should know that. I thought everybody in the world knew that if you have candy to hand out, you turn on your porch light. If you don't have candy, you're not participating in Halloween, turn your porch light off. It's a very, very simple system. Uh, when you run out of candy, you turn your porch light off. People leave you alone. So one of the first houses we went to had their porch light on. The kids went up and knocked the door, knocked on the door. And uh, I'm sitting in the driveway in the golf cart and um, you know, this is like taking too long. Like when you trick or treat somebody, it should take like, I'm going to say, I'll give you between 10 and 30 seconds. This is like four or five minutes. It's going on. And finally the guy comes out. And so when the kids come back, I'm like, oh, well, what was that all about? Well, the guy forgot it was Halloween and he forgot his light was on. So he felt bad. And so he had gone back into the house to get some change. So he gave the kids money and, uh, the kids complained that Morgan got more money than Mason. I said, we'll split it up when we get home. But Mason got like two quarters and Morgan got like 15 pennies. So they have thought that Morgan got more, but in reality, Mason got more money. It was a whole ridiculous thing. I had him put all the money on the counter. I said, I'll split it up. And I took it to work and I bought some candy with it. So problem solved. Um. So what else? You know, um, one of the things now that's different, I was thinking about things that are different now than when I was a kid. One thing that's different now is there's so many different alternatives to trick or treat. And maybe some of those were around when I was a kid and I just didn't know it. One is called Trunk-or-Treat. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's where cars go to. I've seen this a lot of churches. Cars will go to a church. Everybody parks and then they, they park with their trunks facing out and they open up so they decorate their trunks in Halloween ways. And then the kids get to go trick or treat. They just do it in a safe parking lot type thing. Uh, so they go car to car and they, and they get lots of candy. There is the Haunt the Tunnels that I mentioned, which they do at my work every year. So the kids get to do that. Uh, we also have Haunt the Zoo here in Oklahoma City where they decorate the zoo and, um, you know, do it up like Halloween stuff. And then you go and, and trick or treat. Now, here's the problem. And I use the word problem. When I say problem, I mean problem. I don't like it. A few years ago, uh, they also had Haunt the haunt the School or something like that, which was the high school. And each classroom, they decorated their door, and then they had high school students, and they were sitting there, and um, they were passing out candy. You take your kids up there. So a few years ago, my kids uh, were going to the daycare at my work, and so they had done Haunt the Tunnels. And then there was a haunted house kind of thing at the community center, and they went and did that, and they got lots of candy there. And they also did a trunk or treat thing at that same at that same event. Uh, and then it just so happened that it worked on, on a weekend where we could go do haunt the zoo. And so by the time Halloween rolled around, October 31st, Halloween night, the night that you trick or treat, my kids told me they had enough candy. They didn't want to go trick or treat. And I put my foot down. I know the trend is getting away from trick-or-treating. People don't want to trick-or-treat. Everybody's afraid to go outside. Everybody's afraid to let their kids play outside. Everybody's afraid. My wife is afraid to go to the store and leave our 11-year-old here at home alone. My 11-year-old, if you leave him here alone... Uh, the first thing he will go do is turn on the PlayStation, and when you come back, he'll be sitting here at the PlayStation. If the house burns down, as long as the house does not burn, the area six feet around where the PlayStation is, my son will be just fine. If it happens to burn and there's smoke inhalation, anything else like that, my son will die, and his last thoughts will be, there's something wrong with the PlayStation. (laughs) That's all he wants to do is play PlayStation. He's not going to... Uh, kids, I don't know that they make prank calls anymore. I mean, caller ID, I, my kids have grown up in a world where that's all they know is caller ID. My kids don't know how to block caller ID. Um, you know, if, if anything, uh, they would make crank Skype calls, I'm guessing. But anyway, um, you know, my, my kids are not going to get in trouble. But But people are afraid and people don't like trick-or-treating anymore. So we have all these alternatives to trick-or-treating. And I said two words too bad. I said, get your costumes on. They said, well, it's, you know, my wife said, it's kind of cold. I don't care. Put some underwear on, put on two layers of clothes, put those costumes on. We're going trick or treating. Well, there's not that many people. Well, good. Then that means you're getting more candy. I don't care. I don't want to hear the excuses. I think all those other things are nice. Um, what's the right word? They are accents, maybe. They are extra to trick-or-treating. They are not alternatives to trick-or-treating. I don't believe, me personally. As long as my kids can walk, as long as they're not too old. If they have jobs, if you have to schedule off time to go trick-or-treating, it might be too old. <laughs> you, it might be time for you to hang it up. But uh, I don't like the idea of people doing that stuff instead of trick-or-treating. For me, Halloween is about trick-or-treating. And I, by trick-or-treating, I mean in a neighborhood, in your neighborhood, somewhere like that, or with your friends. You know, I had so many good memories of doing that. I don't want to rob my kids of that. I don't want them to be too afraid to go out at night, to go out in their own neighborhood and go around. Now, I'm sure what's going to happen is some year my son's going to dress up as a ninja. He's going to get hit by a car. And then I'm going to get the whole "I told. You. So <laughs> if only we had trunk or treated. I don't care. You know what? You get hit trick-or-treating and you take one for the team. <laughs> I feel like you earned it. Not really. You know, I don't really mean that. But, um, no, I just feel like trick-or-treating is the thing that you do. And the other things are all extra. So if you want to do the extra things, it's okay. If you want to eat the icing first on your cake, that's fine. But you're still going to eat the cake. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. So, and maybe that's just me. Maybe other people don't feel that way. But that's the way I feel. Um, and so this year... Uh, we had the Halloween window thing set up. We had candy. At first, we did the lame thing where you leave the bowl on the front porch and told people to only take one piece of candy. Uh, and um, I think Guy Hutchison talked about this uh, guy and John Jay on Adventure Club podcast. uh were saying that they were amazed that more people didn't just steal the bowl of candy. Um, but uh, that doesn't happen here. People just take their one piece of candy. I'm surprised people don't leave a note that says thank you. And then they move on. So we, we took the kids trick-or-treating, or I took the kids. My wife and I both took the kids trick-or-treating for a little bit. And then we brought my wife back, and then she stayed here and handed out candy. And I took the kids out some more. And then we came out. And my daughter wanted to hand out candy, so she did that. And by that time, there was a crowd of people out front watching a hollow Window and um, having a good time. So we did the trick or treat thing. We all got home. And then I did the thing that my parents used to do to me that I didn't know what they were doing until I got older. Uh, I told the kids, I was like, well, put all your candy in here and I'm going to pour it all in here. And I'm going to go through here and make sure there's no razors. There's no poison, no needles, you know, and they're like, okay. And they put all their candy in here and then they left. And then I went through and I picked out all the whoppers <laughs> and a few of the Reese's and a couple of the Kit Kats. I think I might be a chocolate person. Uh, and I pull all those and I put in my little tiny thing on the side and I was like, okay, it's all good. I went through all the candy. You know, I didn't realize, my parents used to do that to me. They would go through our candy. I didn't realize what they were doing until I did it to my kids. Like, I, my kids had dumped out all their candy one time and I was looking and I was going through it, you know, and then I was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> That's what my parents were doing. Uh, so anyway, it was, uh, we had a good Halloween. The kids had fun. We went trick-or-treating. We, uh, uh, the kids got, you know, the the fewer and fewer kids, it, it's kind of a weird trade-off. The fewer kids that go trick-or-treating, the fewer people uh, that participate, the fewer houses that do it. But the houses that do do it, um, you know, when I was a kid, you get one piece of candy, two pieces of candy. Now every house is like, just take a handful, just grab some candy. And we did the same thing, um, you know, just because you know you're going to have candy left over. And so um, I I hope that I hope that my kids have those same kinds of memories that they have the same kind of things. I don't hope that they find friends that will make them drinks <laughs> at a Halloween party, but I do hope that they end up going off and trick or treating on their own. I hope that they go out and they have a good time. I hope they find the friends and they make the memories and they remember their costumes and that they have as good of a time trick-or-treating and they have the same great types of memories that I had when growing up because I really think, you know, there's, there's so many, like I said, negative connotations about Halloween or whatever. People always think, oh, you know, I, I remember when I was growing up there, I remember, I, I, and for some reason I associate this with Geraldo and maybe that like they had their, their satanic, um, specials and this and all that, you know, but for kids, man, my kids don't know anything about that. My kids, there's, there's nothing but innocent fun for Halloween for them, you know, putting on masks and going out and getting candy. And so I hope that, like I said, they have as, as good of a time doing it as I did growing up. And I hope that the tradition of trick or treating itself lasts long enough. I don't think my son's got too many years left. Um, not to live. <laughs> That's not an ominous uh, for trick or treating. Of course, uh, he's he's 11. He'll turn 12 uh, this uh, December. So I'm already seeing, you know, uh, one uh, issue that my kids have is that they're both the tallest kids in their class. My, my wife's dad was uh, six foot six and both my kids are tall for their age. And, um, you know, that's why Mason plays basketball. My daughter wants to play basketball this year, too. So they look older than they are. So I don't know that they have, uh, at least Mason, I don't know that he has that many years left of trick-or-treating in him. So I hope they have fun. And I hope, like I said, they they make those great memories that I had. So that's pretty much all I have about Halloween. My next episode of You Don't Know Flack is going to be a great one. The next episode is all going to be about how to make your own podcast. And and that question, I've heard that asked. I've seen it asked. I've had several people ask me online about it. And I've been talking about doing one. And so I, I hit up all my friends, everybody that's a podcaster. I hit everybody up on Twitter and Facebook. And um, I got submissions. I asked people, hey, what's your advice for people starting a podcast? So if you have always wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't know where, or you're too afraid, you don't think you have the right equipment, this is going to be the episode for you. So I definitely want you, I am talking, you know what, I am, I don't want to call specific people out, vintage volts, (laughs) I've had two or three people say, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, this podcast is for you guys, it's for everybody, it's for everybody that's ever thought about doing a show, and hasn't got around to it, or doesn't, you know, just hasn't quite jumped off the ledge yet i want you to jump off the ledge and you'll when you hear there are all the suggestions that other people have they want you to join us they want you to uh, join us in the world of podcasting and for you to create your own shows so anyway it's going to be a fun episode that'll be the next episode of you don't flack and it should be probably out later out this week as well so thanks for tuning in once again thanks for listening to all my old little halloween stories Thanks for coming back. Every time you come back, it makes me a little happier. So, I will talk to you on the next episode of You Don't Know Flat.